I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Toon, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgy and Grey. You all right, lads? Hello. Good, how are you doing? Hello, hello. Uh, yeah, very good, thank you. Enjoying this lovely bank holiday weekend, one of many over the last few weeks. Uh, how are you both doing? What are you doing this weekend, Grey? I know you're away somewhere, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in sunny Cornwall. It's a long, long way from home, but it's, uh, yeah, it's been, been a good good weekend so far, down here for the week. Oh, lovely whereabouts in Cornwall? In Port Sallow, it's like... Ah, yes, on the Lizard well. Peninsula, yeah, it's a tiny little shipping village, uh, shipping village, fishing village, which uh, shipping yeah. fishing village, cool, yes, yeah, shipping fishing. I'm going to St Ives next month. Should be fun. Big up Cornwall. Uh, yeah, the weather's been dead nice down here, actually, Hodgy, but I don't think it's been as nice up in Newcastle. No, it's been uh, overcast and uh, rained a little bit today, so it's not been fantastic. Not good pub garden weather. But you know, it hasn't we deal. Either, has it? <laughs> we move. <laughs> I just imagine Hodgie sat in a pub garden with one of those umbrella hats on. <laughs> <laughs> They're the glasses that have like window wipers. <laughs> <laughs> Hodge, what have you been up to? I know you've got a, a bit of a pearly finger, haven't you? Yeah, it's just another Australian rules injury to uh, add to the list. Played Glasgow Sharks down this way on Saturday, and my finger's a little bit busted. So I've been trying to go to the hospital, but the wait on Sunday was, I think it was four hours. And I was like, yeah, I can't be fucked. I think I'll go, I'll go Monday morning. I went this morning, which is the strike day for minor yeah. injuries. So gotta wait till Tuesday. Those selfish fuckers. Did you win at least? <laughs> yeah, we won. Yeah. Uh, get in. Big up Tiny yeah. Tigers. Get Big in. Up. Uh, right, okay, I guess, as usual, we'll start with our icebreaker question. Should be quite a short and snappy one this week, but it never is with Grey. So I'll go to Hodge <laughs> first, which gives Grey a bit of a chance to think about it. Hodge, what is your karaoke song? Oh, yes, man. <laughs> I've got quite a few, to be fair, that I'd like to belt out. Oh, you're doing a Grey. I think a little, uh, a little Respect by Eurasia is obviously a good one that you can just belt out. It's got wow. a good, uh, yeah. That's a bit different. Some bits where people can join in with screaming and shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's the, the key to any good karaoke song, isn't it? Yeah, man. Audience participation. 100%. 100%. Okay. Good shout. Good shout. Uh, Grey, let's come to you. Uh, I know you're obviously a big singer, especially when you've had a pipe yeah, or massive two. Yeah, singer, me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If we had a gun to your head, what would your karaoke song be? Do I really have to sing one? 
Well, I'm not going to make you sing it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I, yeah, I don't do karaoke. I'm a boring old man. Um, it just claps along. Yeah, I just <laughs> clap and bob my head. I imagine you to be a bit of a bez, like you're the bez of the podcast. You know, this shit fucking tambourine and maracas. Yeah. <laughs> Triangle. Okay, so Gray's answer is just nothing. Great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> excellent, excellent icebreaker question, this one. I'd probably have to go I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. That's another one. I thought yours was... Uh, country Roads. Yeah, Take Country Roads. Gold. Gold by Spando Ballet. It was that for a, a long time, wasn't it? Again, they're all very good shouts, yeah. But no, current... Not that I go to karaoke very often, but current is uh, <laughs> I Want You Back by uh, Jackson 5. It's, uh, that's always a good one for audience, nice. audience participation. Right. Uh, right, fucking hell. That's enough of that small talk. Another doubleheader this week. And what a fucking doubleheader it is. So two results to talk about on this recording. We're recording on Monday, the 1st of May. May Day, isn't it? It is. Yeah, Mayday indeed. Ali Fraser's birthday, so happy birthday to good friend of the podcast, Ali Fraser. <laughs> Shout out Ali for the 10th week in a row. <laughs> I know, man. What's he doing? We should get him on. It's just a name at the minute, this mysterious <laughs> yeah. character. Enigma. <laughs> <laughs> but happy birthday, lad. So yes, doubleheader this week. Uh, two results to talk about. Both wins, one away and one at home. Fucking hell, can't believe it. Newcastle have scored 13 goals in the space of one week. Who knew? I feel like I'm still living a fever dream. But uh, yeah, a couple of good results to talk about. First of all, we've got obviously a 4-1 win against Everton at Goodison Park. Always good to get one over those Scouse Mahomes. And then we've got yesterday's result, a 3-1 victory against Southampton at home. Before we get into it, we should probably do the socials. So you can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, on Facebook and YouTube by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. You can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms, Acast, Spotify. We'd really appreciate if you could follow us and give us a five-star rating or review. Thanks very much. As we usually do, three words to sum up either of the games that we're going to be talking about. Both, you can do whatever you want. Hodgy, you're always prepared. You've got one in the barrel. So three words to sum up either or both of those games. It does work kind of for both, I suppose. Weather the storm or weathered the storm. Either. Some thought has gone into it. Uh, always appreciate Hodge putting Poetic, thought into these things. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Speaking of putting thought into these things, Gray, uh, have you got? <laughs> I mean, what the people at home don't know is that you've been preparing your three words as we've been talking about this in yeah. the pre-recording. So, what have you managed to scrape from the barrel? So it doesn't really describe the two games, but just my fucking hell, my my, my thoughts about the club at the minute, and it's just love this team. Ah, oh, it's a fucking cop-out, isn't it, Hodge? <laughs> I love this team as well, man. <laughs> That's actually four words, Hodge, so you can't have that. <laughs> <as well. laughs> so we've got love this team, weather the storm, and I'm going to go, hey, Callum Wilson. Hey, Callum Wilson. Getting those goals. Let's get into it. So, Everton, we know we like playing against the Scouse Mackhams and Jordan Pickford. What a game. I mean, where do we even start? A whole rung of changes made to the team, as Eddie Howe likes to do at the minute. I think we had people like Byrne, Murphy and Isaac dropping out from the Tottenham game beforehand, which I think a lot of fans at home thought, oh, hello, what's going on here? Jacob Murphy, the goal-scoring machine. Isaac, obviously on fire at the minute. We brought in Target, which I think a lot of people have been calling out for. Miggy and Wilson all came in. And the first half wasn't really one to write home about, or certainly the first 25 minutes, was it, Gray? 
very bitty, wasn't it? And it just felt like it's been a bit of a, well, I'd say a common trend. It's certainly not been a common trend when we started against Spurs, but we just struggled to get into the game in those first kind of 20 minutes or so. And it's just very scrappy, very physical, which I think you kind of expect when you go to Goodison Park, isn't it? But yeah, like Hodge said, we, we weathered it really well and the goal started to flow. Well, not yeah. quite flow, but I mean, we got a goal. Yeah, I mean, Hodge, perfect time to bring you into this. You did say weather the storm. It was very much a case of that in the first 25 minutes against Everton, wasn't it? Yeah, I think there's there's kind of a bit of a game plan that you can see forming from other teams that are coming up against us now. And it's it's them trying to grab that first 20 minutes and trying to capitalise with a with an early goal. <laughs> Will it really matter in the long run when we're only scoring goals in about 45 minute period? It's a good thing to see that we can do it and we can manage the game. But from what we've had in the past, where we've had some games where we've dominated from minute one, I would much prefer that than having the absolute roller coaster ride of what this game was. Because <laughs> the first like 25 minutes was, oh man, like I just didn't know if I wanted to continue watching. If it, I just didn't know, didn't know where it was going to go really. But like I said, we did weather the storm and eventually came good. Yeah, I think. It- you don't give yourself enough credit, Hodge. I mean, I was at home fuming. I think Gray was the same as me. And Hodge was very much the voice of reason on our group WhatsApp chat, just saying, got to weather the storm. You've got to absorb the pressure. They'll tire out soon. And they did. I think Sean Dyche teams like to come out of the blocks and he likes to have them like absolute bulldogs or butcher's dogs, doesn't he? And we did it and we weathered it and we got our goal in the end. It came after 28 minutes. I mean, in the previous game, we'd scored five at that point against Spurs. So it was a bit different having to wait that long for a goal, but the first goal did come and it came from good work from Joe Linton on that left-hand side. The Swiss army knife of a football player that Joe Linton is makes a really, really powerful run on the left-hand side, fires it at Pickford, Pickford pushes it straight to Wilson and it's 1-0 to the Mags. That was it from the first half, wasn't it? Again, not really one to write home about and quite a sloppy half. I think Everton did have the ball in the net, didn't they, quite soon after that. Dominic Calvert-Lewin had the ball in the back of the net, but I think it was ruled offside. Just. For a bit part player, he actually gave us a bit of a headache in that first half, Gray. Yeah, again, he's, he's one of those kind of old-fashioned, probably very similar to Callum Wilson, the way he likes to play, isn't he? Just physical, likes to be that presence and fits into a Sean Dyche team quite well, wanting to bully centre-halves and just bully other players on the pitch. On his day, he's that presence, and he certainly was uh, in the first half anyway against us, and... Yeah, it was a good long ball. I can't remember who it was from, but yeah, he ran onto it and you're talking probably like centimetres. I think his like his toe or his shoulder was just offside. I think Shah was possibly, well, was very close to him. But it was a great pickup and finish from him. But yeah, I mean, it was one of those hearts in the mouth moments. Just like, oh dear, we've done it again. Poor defending, conceding a long ball. And I mean, luckily, yeah, VAR paying to save us which usually makes a change it's usually going the other way but I mean we've had a bit of a few favourable calls haven't we of late well one favourable call we did not get was a horrific tackle on Sean Longstaff in the box I think it was James Tarkovsky absolutely halves uh, Sean Longstaff as he's playing the ball into the box and we're not given anything for that one I mean Hodge it's just a blatant penalty isn't it if that was given they would have had nothing to come back on that because it's it's late it's reckless they're saying that they're Potentially it was because the ball had already potentially crossed the line or it was going to hit a side netting, but it doesn't really matter when it comes to that, when it's a reckless challenge and it's obviously cleanly on his foot. 
which obviously then led to, <laughs> I don't know we've mentioned it just before, but Trippier being non-field physio trying to get, get rid of Longstaff because yeah. he was physically injured, so hence he didn't play in the Southampton game. Luckily, his, his foot isn't broken. It's just obviously a bit of a bad one, maybe his bruising of the bone or something like that. But 100% a penalty. I think there's been quite a lot missed of recent, not to go into too much detail about other teams, but Jota yesterday should have had a red card. There's been Ooh. things that have been really missed by VAR of late, and I don't know if it's because they've changed some sort of thing in the in their process or whatever, but I, I just don't know. Again, another bad call by VAR that has been a long list of this season. Well, yes, thankfully it didn't prove to have any impact on the game or the result. But yeah, the, the longer term impact is that it's meant that Sean Longstaff has missed out on the Southampton game. And we'll talk about that and the impact it has on the Southampton game and how much of kind of a miss he was as we come on to that result. But yeah, the rest of the game was very much us all over Everton. The steam ran out for the Everton boys and we really capitalised on that. Few good goals in the mix. Obviously, you've got another fantastic assist. The only problem with Willock's assist that it was completely overshadowed by Isaacs that we'll come on to, but some great work from Joe Willock on that left-hand side. By the way, one thing I really love is how interchangeable Joe Linton and Joe Willock are on that left-hand side. And it must be an absolute nightmare for any players on that right-hand side to work with or mark against, because you never know who the fuck you're going to be playing against. But good interplay from those two. Willock on the left-hand side puts it on a plate for Joe Linton in the middle who nods it past Pickford. And then we've got Callum Wilson three minutes after that, I think. Receives the ball on the edge of the box, puts it postage stamp right in that top right-hand corner. I mean, fantastic goals, and it's always good to see Jordan Pickford not getting anywhere near it with his tiny little arms. Is there anything on those goals before we talk about the moment we've all been waiting for? Not on their goals, but on that effort from Willock as well, where he kind of kicks it back across his body. I think the ball was put in from a corner, headed out, and he has that volley that's going in. And they have that camera angle from behind him. The ball's going in, and he's already half turned away, like, get in. But then Pickford's managed to do his fucking go-go gadget arms and just tip it wide. But what an effort and what a way for him just to kind of like turn his body and make an effort out of there. I think there's some of our players in our team that really can do that. Isaac's definitely one and and Willick's another one. I just wanted to mention that before we move on because that was a a stellar effort and potentially could have been another goal. How he got that on target, I don't know. (laughs) It was almost behind him, wasn't it? The technique for him to be able to do that is just amazing. I think the season he's having, or certainly the second half of the season he's having is fantastic. I mean, on the topic of fantastic assists, I don't know who wants to kick us off, but our fourth and final goal was obviously scored by Jacob Murphy, but Alexander Izak, the Iceman, gets all the credit here, doesn't he, Gray? I mean, it's just mind-blowing what he's done. And, well, we, we've mentioned it a few times before about how good his close control is and the speed he can run with the ball. And that's exactly what he showed against Everson and... Yeah, picking the ball up probably about, was it about 35, 40 yards out, but out wide on the left-hand side. And he's just beaten man after man. And he's got to the touchline and he's just managed to dink it over some feet past three players in the box. And he's just put it on a plate for Murphy just to place it into the goal. And just unbelievable to watch. This man can do no wrong at the minute. And I think it was so reminiscent of a certain Hatton Ben Arthur. And a couple of his runs, uh, the only difference obviously being that Ben Arthur scored those chances where Isaac's just put on a plate for another player. And it's just so, so good to watch and just so silky and just everything we want from our man in form. It's just unbelievable. I was just sat there mouth wide open watching it. I mean, Hodge, best assist you've ever seen? 
Well, technically not an assist. I think it wasn't really given to him, was it? So I think it's probably the greatest assist that has never was an assist in <laughs> Newcastle United's history. Uh, so good that I'm going to give it to him anyway. <laughs> You've got to, haven't you? He I mean, he's, it, he's he? created it. He's created the goal for the sake of this. Let's call it assist because that's the least he deserves. But regardless of that, do you think it's, is it the best run you've ever seen from a Newcastle United player? That hasn't it, like ended up being their own goal for sure. The way that he just spins Keane inside his own six-yard box, like a spinning top, is just fantastic. Like uh, just as good a shithousery as Murphy's ever done. <laughs> and he did, it, he, did it, he did it with his feet. <laughs> I'm starting to think we've got a real superstar on our hands. I mean, people drawing comparisons between him and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. People saying it's a very Thierry Henry-esque goal because we know Thierry Henry liked to play on that left-hand side. I mean, 60-odd million quids looking like an absolute steal for him. As you say, Gray, the confidence he has, he's always looking to go forward. His close control is fantastic. Just doesn't seem to be anything he can't do. I'm losing words to describe Alexander Izak, and you've got to consider, God, what? He's out for most of the season. He got something like 10 goals in 15 games. Something like that, Something yeah. like that now. He's averaging a goal every 84 minutes. It's ridiculous. I mean, there's only Haaland ahead of him in the league in terms of goals per minute, isn't there? Yeah. Well, Haaland's averaging one every 120 minutes or something like that. So his goal per minute yeah, is if... actually better than Haaland at the minute. Yeah, as is a certain Callum Wilson as well. We'll come on to Mr. Wilson, but I'm still absolutely dumbstruck. I can't tell you the number of times I've watched that goal back and the work on that left-hand side. And it's good to see him get the credit he deserves by all the pundits and professionals. The only thing is I worry a little bit is if he's this good, are we going to struggle to hold on to him? <laughs> but also, if so, I mean, what kind of money could we demand for him if he does go away to a, in inverted commas, a bigger team? God only knows, let's not talk about that though. So yes, fantastic run from Alex Izak and in another goal for our man, Jacob Murphy. And that was it for the goals, apart from a chalked off goal for a Mr. Fabian Share picks it up outside the box and absolutely leathers it home. But unfortunately, 5-1 was not to be because it's chalked off for an offside against Burn, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah. Who just come on as well, I think. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Daniel. Come on, get in the way, get your big lump and body in the way. On that, though, in the run-up to the game, I think we'd not necessarily been calling for Dan Byrne to be dropped, but had been talking about how Dan Byrne had looked tired and off the pace a little bit. They'd said, I think, in the run-up that he was ill, or he had a bit of illness going into the Everton game, which is why Target started ahead of him. What did you think about target's performance hodge quite solid to be fair especially if you to be dropped into that kind of game situation where you know what you're going to kind of get from everton and a sean dice team which was the first 20 minutes just bulling a china shop deal with it so i think you can't really complain too much especially with the actual amount of game time he has been getting i think he kind of weathered well helped us weather that storm i hate using that again because i've used it so many times <laughs> already but it was kind of that analogy that can only be used at that point I think he did all right, but like I say, you're never going to get kind of fireworks off him. He's just going to knuckle, knuckle down and, and do a job, isn't he? Yeah, he's quite a steady player, isn't he? Um, the most distinctive thing I remember from his performance was when he got absolutely bodied by Alex Awobi mm. uh, and managed to get booked for being bullied by Awobi. Um <laughs> But yeah, steady performance all around, nothing to write home about, but I think it gave Dan Byrne the well-deserved rest he needed because he came back absolutely firing for for Southampton. Gray, obviously the pantomime villain, Anthony Gordon, comes on, but there's (laughs) 
but there's no one left in Goodison Park to boo him. (laughs) (laughs) That was just quite poetic, wasn't it? Given that Everton kind of the pyrotechnics before the game and, you know, the hatred for Anthony Gordon at the minute, it was a bit bittersweet seeing him come on but have no fans left in the stadium. I couldn't believe how many fans left. (laughs) I've never seen a stadium so empty of about 15 minutes still to play. Mm. I mean, I know Everton are going through a tough time and there seems to be a bit of divide in their club between the fans and the owners and the playing staff and things like that. But I mean, you've got to support your team through thick and thin. I don't know, even when, as a club Newcastle, we're going through something probably very similar a couple of years ago. And yes, we had a load of protests and things like that, but our fans are always there to cheer our team regardless of what was going on. And yeah, do I feel for Everton at the minute? Not really. I think they've had it coming. And I mean, I do enjoy the fact that they're spending a billion pounds or close to that on a new stadium and they'll be in the championship probably. So yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's going to be an interesting one for the bank balance, isn't it? Yeah, it's a shame to see a club in that position. And I mean, Is yeah, we've, we've been there, but come on, just support your team. Like just be there for them as a player. You just want you to feel like your fans support you, even if they're against the club and what's going on at the minute. Well, personally, I can't wait to see them go down. Hodge, your hand shot up. Any opportunity to twist the knife in Scouse <laughs> <laughs> What have you got to say? It's just the way that they've carried on, where they've been like going to the training ground and then when the players have been leaving, they've been throwing rocks and all sorts of shit at the players. Then they came to the ground and then they were throwing things at the players. They were throwing, throwing flares at the players on the pitch. The way that you rally a team is by being there all the time, singing the songs, getting behind the team, not chucking shit at them and being like, be better. It's, that's not mm. how it works. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, for, for that kind of reason alone, like I do kind of hope they go down. And I, it's really hard saying that about like a team that's been in the Premier League for so long, blah, blah, blah. But they've kind of run themselves in the ground at the minute. It's their own doing. The brand new stadium and potentially a FFP points deduction at the end for next year to go into. That mm-hmm. still, I think, still hasn't been worked out yet. So if they go down, they could be in real hot water. Yeah, true. Badly run club. Aren't they one of the teams that's never, ever been relegated from the Premier League? Yep, they've never been relegated from the Prem, no. Yeah, going to need to update your, your quiz questions. Yeah, they've only been relegated twice in their history, I think, isn't it? I think 1950-something was the last time they were relegated. Soon to be three, I reckon. But yes, that, that kind of wrapped up a, a fantastic result away, given the pressure we'd sustained in the first 25 minutes of that match. I mean, Callum Wilson with another brace, Joe Linton getting on the score sheet again, Jacob Murphy making it three goals in two games. I mean, what a squad we've got. What a squad and what a three points on the road in our pursuit of Champions League football. Uh, probably wrap up for a quick break now. Um, so we will see you in a few seconds. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app, at participation restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, so we're back. We've just been through that 4-1 victory away at Goodison Park and now on to Southampton. So yesterday's game. Again, 
a very, very similar start to the game, I'd say. How rung the changes, didn't he? Longstaff misses out through injury because of that challenge in the Everton result. But we see Target, Miggy and Wilson all drop out. I think a lot of question marks or a lot of people shocked to see Wilson drop out given the form he's in at the minute. But we see Byrne, Murphy, Gordon, Isaac all come back in. Good to see Gordon especially starting a game, getting some minutes under his belt. But wasn't really the first half we were hoping for, was it, Hodge? No, like I say, the plan for I think teams is to is to come out and try and bombard us early on and and really rattle us. Again, passing was probably something that really let us down. The pressure that they applied obviously didn't really help, but they didn't really do it in the same way that Everton did. I think there was definitely a couple of chances that we could have had. Gordon had one early on that he hit the post with, which he should have done better. I'm just going to call him out straight up for that because that should be a bread and butter finish for someone who's worth 40 plus million. It just didn't seem like it was going to be our half, that one. I thought it was Armstrong who scores for them after a bit Mm -hmm. of a breakaway at about 41 minutes. And for us not to go in half-time 1-1 or having a bit of a draw was a little bit of a different feeling for us. But we definitely pushed on after that. But like I say, the first half was very interesting. Both sides weren't really fantastic. I think they probably could have claimed that they won the first half, definitely with the scoreline. But I mean, in terms of like, physicality what actually they did with the ball and and kind of possession and stuff like that so yeah it was a Mm. a tough one to watch at the start and I think all three of us were a little bit frustrated what it seemed like in the uh, in the chat yeah it seems to be a recurring theme over the last couple of games not really getting off to the best start obviously we've seen Isaac come in and start up front through the middle but he felt like a very isolated character for me which obviously resulted in there being zero shots on target in that entire first half, which is not something I'm used to seeing or saying following this team this year. But it just really wasn't working for us, especially up front, was it, Gray? We just like that finesse, really. And we just seem to be playing the ball in front of players as opposed to to their feet. And for a player like Isaac to be so isolated, we know how good he is with the ball at his feet. And, well, that run against Everton just says it already. So why are we trying to play through balls and play ahead of him for him to run onto when he can pick it up back to goal, he can turn, he's always looking to turn. So it just seemed a little bit odd and just tactically just a bit strange there or whether we're just off the bottle, which possibly were, because, I mean, we've played a lot of football recently. Yeah, just like that quality, but saying that we did have the better of the chances, I'd say, even though Southampton had more shots on target, I think we definitely had very good opportunities to score. Well, they only needed one shot on target to beat us, given that we had zero. Yeah, (laughs) Gordon, I think, had two or three chances, like Hodge mentioned. Bruno had that volley, which he caught sweet, but went just wide. Hmm. And I think there's a couple of other good opportunities where we were just not hitting the target. I'm sure we'll touch on Gordon's miss later on. But yeah, I mean, my first half was frustrating and it was killer to watch. It was. Hodgie, do you want to come straight in? I don't want to sound like a spoiled brat and be like, oh, I'm used to us winning now. (laughs) It's not like I'm expecting everything from Newcastle. I know we're doing very well. We're definitely overachieving. But it's hard not to get carried away (laughs) at this point of the season when Mm. we've, we've seen what we can do and then what actually came out in that first half performance. But the result went our way in the end, so... It's all good. <laughs> it did indeed. It's always good to say that having won the game. Yeah, exactly. But I think there's there's two big points for me to discuss from that first half. I think the first one is probably the impact of no Sean Longstaff and how big a miss he probably was in that first half, especially against a team like Southampton. But also secondarily, it's the Anthony Gordon question. I mean, 
it's been splitting opinions online, I think. You've got lots of people jumping straight to the gun. Oh, he should be doing better. Oh, I paid $45 million for him. But you've got a lot of fans, which is good. And it's probably easy when you're third in the Premier League saying, no, you've got to back him. You've got to give him his chance. You've got to give him time. And I think, Gray, you're probably more on the latter side of kind of give him time. Lots of these players have come good. Joe Linton, Miggy Almiron, et cetera, et cetera. What are your thoughts on, on Gordon? Like you say, I'm certainly in the latter half of that camp. He needs to have time and we paid a lot of money for him, but we've, we've got to remember he's a young English player, so he's always going to attract... And we've got loads attract. of fucking money. And we've got loads of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just needs some time and you look at some of the chances he missed the other day and just think, if he gets that first goal, there's going to be a, a massive weight lifted off his shoulders and the sooner mm. that comes, the better because more and more mm. fans will end up losing patience and the last thing he wants is carry that burden around the sooner he gets a goal. He'll relax a bit more and come come good, but we've got to have faith in our management and just remember he's still 21, so he's, he's yeah. got a long career ahead of him and he's got a lot to learn. Footballing ability, I think, yeah, no one can really question it. Yep, you're right. Attitude could be questioned, I think, at the minute, but again, let's see if that can be coached. Yeah, it's a good point. There's lots of positive signs from him. He's always looking to go forward. Lots of one-on-ones, taking people on, very direct running. His passing is a bit loose at times, I think, and his final ball is a bit questionable. But again, as you say, these are all things that you can work on. Hodge, you had your hand up, you chatty bastard. Did you have anything to say (laughs) on on Gordon? I'm in the same kind of camp with Gray there. I think as soon as he gets that first goal, I think it it will really kick him on. But it looks like, it's not, not affecting him as such, but... Just in terms of like whenever the camera goes to him or you see him running with the ball, he's not, he's the only one at the minute that doesn't smile. <laughs> Everyone else is like enjoying their football and he's just trying to go through a bit of a battle with himself, I think. But like you say, like once, once he gets one, then I'm, I'm sure the floodgates will kind of open for him. Yeah, I hope so. I really thought yesterday was going to be his game. And mm. when he's bearing down on goal and he's only got the keeper to beat, you think, here we go. This is the start of it. But. Yeah, I think he needs to be contributing more, but I'm on the side of both of you guys as well. Like, You've got to give him time. He is still a very young player, and we're seeing lots of good from him. I'm just glad that he's been able to get out of that cesspit that was Everton. On the attitude stuff, it seems like, obviously, there was a few question marks when the substitute was subbed a few weeks ago, and he didn't take that very well, and we discussed that and thought maybe it's just passion. It's good to see that. It's good to see it from him. He seemed a lot happier in this game. I think he celebrated against like Everton and he was celebrating with all the lads and he was smiling in all the pictures. Maybe it's just focus, Gray. Maybe he's just got a very miserable focused face when he's playing football. But <laughs> yeah, to be able to fit and be a good fit for that dressing room, he needs to contribute to that atmosphere as well. Yeah. Which I have no doubt that, that he will. Sean Longstaff. Shame not to see him play against Southampton, given that he scored two goals out against them last time we played them. Big miss, I think, yesterday. He has become really the engine of the team, puts in a ridiculous number of kilometres in each game, never stops running, breaks up the play, um, and and really is a pivotal part of this team. Hodge, do you think he was a big miss yesterday? Yeah, massively. The stats have really been telling over the past, well, not even a couple of games, but quite a lot of games where he really puts those yards in, he gets those interceptions, he makes those well-timed tackles and, and starts the attacks off, which is all he can ask for for someone who's playing in that kind of centre-mid, kind of a little bit kind of deeper role as well. I couldn't fault him over the last kind of couple of performances and I think he was a bit of a miss early on. But I think 
our ideas were definitely booked up for the second half. I think Eddie's kind of went through them a little bit and, and really geared them on, which mm. excelled, I suppose, in, in that kind of second half period. So it was kind of like a, oh, we did need him, but yeah, we can get on without having that kind of presence there. Yeah, I think a lot of it was formation as well, but we'll, we'll yeah. come on to that for the second half. Gray's got his hand up. Fucking hell, look at us go. Actually contributing to our own podcast. Mad. Look at us having opinions. Go on, Gray. <laughs> I mean, when you sat in St. James's Park, well, I know you, you rarely sat in St. James's Park, so wow. you may not, you may not see all of this. yourself a fan. Fucking terrible. Terrible. Sack me now. But Longstaff gets a hell of a lot of stick, and I really, really feel for him because he does put in those hard yards, which really make a huge difference. And I think for the Southampton goal in particular, he probably would have been back there in the box because he, well, he's, he's everywhere. Like you say, he's got a hell of an engine on him and he's actually surprisingly quick when he keeps going. He's not the quickest player, but he just covers a lot of ground quickly. I was chatting to someone at work about all good teams, how many good centre defensive midfielder and he fills that position when he's playing for us. Like, like you said, he picks up those interceptions, those blocks and those stray passes and he's there to make that first pass and quickly get us moving in the right way. For me, he's, he's certainly an unsung hero and we are a different team when he's not in our starting lineup. Yeah, I think the thing is he doesn't get involved with a lot of the goals or the assists. You know, he's not prolific. He's just a very steady player that does his job. And I think the sign of him being a good player is obviously performances when he's not there and you really notice when he's not. So let's hope his injury isn't too bad. Everyone thought it was a break initially, but it's a bruised foot. So let's hope that he's back soon. He's not out too long. Going back to it though, half time, Anthony Gordon is the sacrificial lamb. He is hoiked off in place of Callum Wilson. And I think we'd all been chatting, saying this game is really calling out for Callum Wilson. Bringing him on meant that we could drop Alexander Izak to the left-hand side, which obviously where he got that fantastic assist against Everton. Callum Wilson comes on and just causes absolute carnage, doesn't he, Hodge? Yeah, and I think it's testament to him as a professional that he's coming on and just being like, well, yes, I've been dropped, but it's part of rotation. I understand that but I've still got to go out there and do a job, which I think he came across really well in his post-match interview from the Southampton game. Callum Wilson just does Callum Wilson things, man. He likes to bully people. <laughs> he likes to make those darting runs into the box. He's just there when you need him to be, and it's been fantastic to see him really come on. I think, was it eight goals in the total of month of April, which is the most Crazy. goals in a calendar month for a player? Mm-hmm. Absolutely magic from the kid. Absolutely magic. I think bringing him on, as soon as you bring on a central striking figure like Callum Wilson, Callum Wilson immediately draws centre-halves away yep. and he draws them into him and he's like a vacuum for centre-halves and defenders because they just want to be around him because they know how deadly he is. And what that did was it opened up that space on the left-hand side for Isaac, who found himself in acres of space. Burn for the first goal, or sorry, our first goal, pings it into Isaac. Isaac dinks in, chops it back for Wilson, who, as always, is in the right place at the right time and slots it past McCarthy. Great first goal, and that's within nine minutes of the man being on the pitch. Instinctive, fantastic striker, can't ask for more from him. And as you say, Hodge, like a lot of strikers, given his role, would be fuming. I mean, which manager drops their star striker on the back of two goals going into a game? Eddie Howe does. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if I was a footballer whether I'd be happy with that. But I think I was reading something or I was was listening to something the other day where Callum Wilson has a podcast, I think, with Mikel Antonio. Mm. And he was talking about that and he was talking how that doesn't really affect him. I think Mikel Antonio was calling him teacher's pet or something. And so (laughs) it must just be like a kind of trust in the system, like the boss knows how to use me and boy, does he. 
Great. Did you have a point on Callum Wilson before we move on? More just touching on kind of Eddie Howe and I kind of noticed... Oh yeah, we should talk about Howe on this podcast, shouldn't we, at some point? <laughs> <laughs> we probably should mention him if being a vital part of the, our club and all that. But no, he's actually managing the team extremely well. And you say who would drop a striker after getting two goals in a previous game. But if you look at how he's made substitutions throughout these games, many managers would leave a player who scored two goals in the first half on the pitch for the full 90 minutes just to give them a chance to get the hat-trick. But against Spurs, he brought Isaac and Murphy off, I think, after about 60 Mm. minutes. I think he's just kind of drilled into them that you're playing as a team and not as an individual. And the team spirit is so high at the minute that everyone's got everyone's backs. And it doesn't matter if you sat on the bench or you're starting, you know what your job is in that 90 minutes of football. It's just so, so good to see. And to have two strikers in probably the best form of their lives. I mean, I've not seen a lot of these previously, but he can do no wrong. Wilson's scored 15 goals this season, which is his highest ever total in the Premier League. Is it? For a season. Mad. Yeah, he's only scored, he scored 14 in 30 games for Bournemouth. Wow which was his previous best. So and Five of them have come in the last three games or whatever. That's yeah. mad, honestly. I don't know what happens at halftime, but it's like an Incredible Hulk moment, or it's like Popeye eating spinach, which just <laughs> seemed to come out. And obviously bringing Wilson on has been a big contributor to that, but I would not have wanted to be the Southampton defence in that second half because it was just absolutely relentless. I mean, it ended up being 3-1, obviously... Wilson gets us back level with his first goal after nine minutes being on the pitch. But we had one goal ruled out for offside that I think was quite questionable. Gray, I don't know if you can remember the, the, the VAR decision or the offside. Controversial one for you? or You can kind of tell it comes off Miggy, can't yeah. you? But it's one of those where the cameras they were showing on the legal stream we were all yes. watching. <laughs> were suspect and I mean I don't know why they kept just showing pictures instead of the running footage I mean they always say that they need clear evidence that there's been a mistake from the images I saw I don't think it was clear but if you watch it in real time you kind of think yeah that definitely looks like it's Mickey's foot so you can't really complain with it but I mean I'm complaining with VAR <laughs> did they have the evidence to overturn it <laughs> but uh, I don't know but yeah, I mean, for me, I think it was offside. And I think the right decision was made in the end. Mm. I mean, thankfully, it didn't fucking matter because within three minutes, we'd had the ball in the back of the net again. This time, it was an own goal from the old villain of the show, Theo Walcott. But <laughs> it gives us a good spotlight to talk about how fucking good the set pieces and corners were in that game, Hodge. I felt they were just absolutely deadly and they were on the money every single time from trips. Yeah, I much prefer the corners and free kicks that were coming in direct, hard, low, yeah. difficult for defenders to get to. When in the past, I think we've done a couple of floaty, tight ones, a tall player at the back. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really float my boat that. And I think they were definitely way more directed. There was definitely a thought process in there. We obviously had had quite a tall team compared to their team. I don't think there was many of them that were real big giants. Maybe Zatlianko is only the really biggest one that they had mm. playing at the back. I mean, I really was hoping it was going to be Sven Botman's first goal. Yeah, man, I said that as well to my pal when I was watching it. I was like, God, I just want Botman to fucking bury a header or something. Is he going to go through the entire season without scoring? I think he he (laughs) might do. He's always going to get overshadowed when he's got Fabian Scher, who likes to score a worldie every once in a while next to him. But no, yes, so he he creates the goal. 
then I don't know what the fuck he was trying to do, but Walcott obviously slices it into the net and that's 2-1 and we've taken the lead. We've had our spinach. And we only had to wait another two minutes before we had another goal. Our main man, Callum Wilson, again. This is what I mean, man. Once we get the bit between our teeth and the momentum, I just think we're absolutely unstoppable. And this one comes from Route 1, which I've not seen in a very long time, but Nick Pope just pumps it up. Ainsley, Maitland and Niles, who I think we were interested in for a short period of time. I don't know what the fuck he's thinking, but he just seems to panic. He gets bullied by, I think it's Willock. Mm-hmm. Willock's kind of tussling with him. And Maitland now puts it on a plate for Wilson, who takes it around their goalkeeper and makes it 3-1. Another great goal, isn't it? But, I mean, they should be doing a lot better, and we just absolutely bullied them. But I, th- I just think it's the power of momentum. It's like th- this tangible thing when you've got the team and the stadium behind you. I saw on Twitter a lot that the atmosphere was quite quiet in the first half, and people were saying, come on, how are Bring it on a little bit, but that certainly wasn't a problem in the second half, was it, Gray? Just everything seemed to be going in the right direction. Yeah, although I, I felt like the crowd noise seemed to be there. I mean, it's obviously completely different watching it to being in the stadium itself, but it is always hard to get going when you see a really scrappy first half and not really a lot to get you going, even though I said that we had like, some of the better chances of that half. Like, if we scored a goal, the players could have been bouncing. Mm. The last match we had at St. James's Park, I mean, we were five goals up after 20 minutes. Uh, whether there was some expectation there or what, I don't know, again, spot muddly. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a shame to, to hear that the noise is a bit quiet. But I mean, what I love to see is players like do something good. Like, I think Joe Linton does it a hell of a lot where he makes a big tackle or pumps the crowd big up. driving around and beats a few players and he just jumps to his feet and like waves his arms in the Bruno air. Bruno does that too, doesn't he? Yeah. It's just... Uh, they just seem to love it. It's, I just think we're unstoppable once we once we get moving. And back to your point, Hodge, I think we are allergic to hat-tricks in this team because I think in the 94th minute or something, Wilson's denied. I think he hits the bar, doesn't he? But then it's the... He hits the bar twice, yeah. doesn't he? How the fuck does that even shot. happen? <laughs> what, what kind of physics shit is that? I don't even know how the fuck that happened. But uh, the game did end 3-1. And for the first time, we've monetarily benefited from one of our score predictions. So obviously because we didn't record after the Everton game, yeah, big up, you lot won't have seen that, uh, or won't have heard our predictions for Southampton game. Hodge, what did you go for? I went 3-0. You went 3-0 to the tune. Grey, I think you went 4-1, didn't you? 4-0. 4-0. Again, yeah. And I I say I went, my missus went 3-1 so really I should be giving the fucking money to her but but yeah I won that <laughs> did it come out of your account it though? did, so it, did it came indeed. out of your account and there you go that's yeah, fine she, I've got to question her a little bit when she said Joe Willock was going to be the first goal scorer in hindsight but uh, yeah managed to win that one so that funds my bets for the rest of the season but yeah all round a, a fantastic result I mean on the back of that surely and Hodge I'll come to you on this one Isaac and Wilson have to start together against Arsenal don't they this weekend Oh, it's it's a funny one because, I mean, well, yes, against Arsenal, I think we need to just put our, our full kind of cards out on show and go, we're here to try and just smash you again at home this time. Whether it works against other teams where it's worked quite well as having one come on and, and be a bit fired up for it. I, mm, think, I think this time around, though, for, for this game, specifically coming up against a team that are literally one place ahead of us in the league and we are hunting them down, let's be honest, I think it's good for us just to go, we're here to have a fucking go, let's go. Yeah, I think so. But who the fuck knows with Eddie Howe's teams? He's becoming the new Tinker mm. Man, isn't he? But 
If it ain't broke, don't fix it, lad. On that point, I mean, Gray, how are you feeling against Arsenal? Arsenal, obviously, momentum not going in the right direction for the first time in a long time. They're now second. City have overtaken them. We are really have the bit between our teeth trying to get that Champions League spot. Do you think we can do it against Arsenal? Yes, we've hit some form at like the right time where Arsenal seem to be losing form and dropping points. Like we've never seen them drop points before. But I mean, there is part of me which would like to see Arsenal win just to keep Whoa, Man City from winning the title. Hell. Do you hear that? <laughs> kind of, kind of, yep. I think, Kind of bored of Man City winning the title well, though. To, to the point and, where you'd but, prefer they beat us. I mean, if if I felt we could catch Arsenal to finish second, I'd be all for it. But I, I don't think we can do that. Mathematically, yeah, it, it is, is possible. possible indeed. It is possible. It is. But I mean, yeah, we'll come on to our predictions, but I'm never going to bet against my own team. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if we lose, but I'd love it. If we beat I'd them. love it. I if would we beat love them. it. <laughs> <laughs> I've finally managed to get that quote onto the podcast naturally. <laughs> that was fucking organic as well. That's brilliant. Um, well, yes, I certainly hope we fucking stuff Arsenal. But on that, let's go to predictions now. So, Hodgie, what are your thoughts ahead of Arsenal Newcastle on Sunday? It's got all the hallmarks of being an absolute fantastic game for neutrals yeah. <laughs> to cast an eye on. They, they lost their last game, drew three on the bounce for that. They can score goals. They probably will score goals, even though we've got a really good, strong defence at the minute. I just think they're going to really, really, really be up for this. They need to be. If they're not, and they end up throwing it away so early towards the end of the season, not letting it run its full course and taking City all the way to the end. I mean, I think Arsenal are going to be really wanting this win. And I uh, think 2-1 to Arsenal. Fuck, why not Arsenal? Fucking hell. You're betting against your own team. You are, yeah, you yeah, are actually going to have to put I've a... I've my head, not my heart. Yeah, you're going to have to put a monetary bet against that now. Terrible. Fuck. Alex Gray, what are you saying? I'm just remembering last year. Was it 2-0 in the end? Absolutely to Arsenal and you on at home. I remember watching that episode of All or Nothing, uh, the <laughs> Arsenal one, and our test is just like, yeah, it's like, what the fuck is going on? You'll be getting his light bulb out this week again. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to see what his team speech is. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a game, isn't it? That's real. And love us to keep a clean sheet, but I don't see that happening. So I'm just going to go for some outrageous scoreline. Uh, like 3-2. So outrageous, that, isn't it? Fucking hell. Um, it. Well, yeah, obviously we beat them 2-0 at home last season. I think we... Did we grind out a 0-0 draw at the Emirates earlier in the season? Yes, and yes. they complained about our time Yeah, wasting. and Arteta nearly took off. The amount he was flapping his arms. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you had a B round him. Oh, oh like, yeah, I love, fucking love that video. He's such a funny <laughs> him, man. I hate him so much. <laughs> I really hope we get one over them and we can really solidify our place in third. So I'm going to go for 2 1 to Newcastle. Hopefully, I can win myself some more money. I'll have to see what my missus thinks, so. though. Right, that just about wraps us up for this week. Bit of a mammoth one, but two very, very good games and good results to cover. We will be back after the Arsenal game next week. But thanks very much for listening. And we'll uh, see you in the next one. See you later. Bye. Bye. Ta-ra. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.